thank you once again for our sharing uh, and leading us in worship. And uh, Yaman, you had a good time, did you? Yaman. Yaman. Uh, they were down in Jamaica. Did you get some jerk chicken? Yes, we did. And can I just say that it set my mouth literally on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I had it once, Jim had it twice. If that tells you. I have it every day. Did you have the, 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 the uh, uh, jerk chicken? So you know what you're talking about. It really just depends on why. I'm getting a good echo up here. Uh, it really just depends on uh, which booth you go to as far as how hot it is. But it's a really hot, dry, barbecue-type chicken. You don't even want to say barbecue. It's just a real hot chicken. So if you ever go to Jamaica, you got to get the jerk chicken. you got to try it. So... All right, so um, turn, if you will, to uh, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 11 through 12 today. So we've got uh, a lot of scripture to look through, so I'm just letting you know it. And, but we are going to really focus on what led up to Palm Sunday. And then we're also going to be looking at basically three groups of people that were involved in Palm Sunday. And uh, then I'm going to ask... I'm going to finish up the sermon by asking, which group are you? Which one do you uh, identify with? So, I'm going to start out with a question. If there, let's just say Salina or Menden or Rockford, let's just say somebody dies in, in, in one of those towns. And then uh, four days later, uh, um, uh, say Miracle Max shows up, Okay. And he raises this person from the dead. And, I mean, this person is dead. There, there, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. We, we, no, uh, no trickery or anything like that. This person's been dead for four days. And uh, then um, uh, Miracle Max shows up and raises this person from the dead. What do you think is going to happen? I, I think there's really two things that are going to happen. Miracle Max... We're going to have all these people who are going to be bringing their sick people to Miracle Max, right? Because there's hope. The one thing I, I found out in uh, 36 years of being a pastor, if there's any even sliver of hope for people, they're going to find that. They're going to go to that, that hope, especially if they're, they're sick. And there's a second one, and, and this, this county is notorious for this one. You ready? Uh, people are going to want to see that person. They, they want to see this person that was dead and is now alive. And the reason why I say this county is notorious for it is since I have been here, this county has gone through three tornadoes, right? And what is the first thing that happens after a tornado? It's like the fire department goes up. You have to block off the roads. You know why you have to block off the roads? Rubberneckers. Everybody wants to see the destruction. Alright, they, they want to see it. They want, they want to see that, that history-making event. Another, another thing people will do is they'll get their cell phones out, right? And, and they'll, they'll, they'll videotape um, there's a um, There's a meme on Facebook. And I died laughing the first time I saw it. The Titanic is sinking, right? 
How many of you have seen this? The Titanic is sinking, and the, the meme is, if the Titanic were to sink today, and everybody in the ice-cold water has got their cell phones off, and, and they're, they're showing the, the Titanic go down. Even though they're going to die, they've got to get this on the cell phone, right? And, and you see that. I mean, that's what makes up our society anymore. And so here you have this person that's been dead, Miracle Mac raising from the dead. Everybody wants to go see him. Everybody wants to go see him. And that's what happened at the time of Jesus. The Bible states that Jesus had a friend. His name was Lazarus. Turn, if you will, to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 1. We are introduced to a new character in the Bible. His name is Lazarus. We don't know much about him. Uh, we do know he was a friend of Jesus. How they developed the friendship, we do not know. Um, he had two sisters named Mary and Martha. And the Bible states that now we have a man named Lazarus who was sick. At that time, if you were sick, that was a serious event. Very serious event. It's, it's not like us today. You get a cold, you, you, you get a little bit of antibiotics in you, or take some, some type of medicine in you, and you start to feel a little better. Or the flu. If you got sick back then, it was a dangerous event because they did not have the medicines that we have today. You died of the flu. Have you ever done uh, a, a, a genealogy of your family and gone back and seen how many times your great-great-grandfather was married? Uh, or uh, they were married, uh, married to this woman, this woman, and it wasn't because of divorce, because they, she died. Or had this child, this child was dead, and all this because of the illnesses that went around. So Lazarus became sick. And they sent word to Jesus that your friend Lazarus is, is, is sick. And Jesus made a couple comments here. Starting in verse 3, it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, it's not the love that we normally equate it with today. They were friends. They were like best of friends. When Jesus heard this, Jesus when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son might be glorified through it. Keep this in mind. This is important. Jesus said, He will not die. It will not end in death. But it's for the, the glory of God and the glory of the Son. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he didn't go to him. He stayed. He stayed for two more days. After two days, he said to his disciples, let's go, to, let's go back to Judea. Or to Judah. So Jesus stayed away from Lazarus. And we're going to find out that Lazarus died. Wait a minute. Jesus just said that he was not going to die. He was not going to end in death. And yet he stayed away. He didn't go. He didn't do what his sisters wanted. And Lazarus died. By the way, the test of the prophets found in the Old Testament basically says that what a prophet says in the name of the Lord does not come about, do not be afraid of him. One of the tests of the prophets is... If what they say does not come about, you're not to listen to them anymore. They're not a prophet. And by the way, the test of the prophet is a 100% accuracy. 
There cannot be any mistakes. So when somebody prophesies that something's going to happen and doesn't come about, he's not a prophet. Well, they're 99%. No, it has to be 100%. It has to be 100%. Okay. So Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And then the rest of this scripture, we see Mary comes out, or Martha comes out, confronts Jesus. Why didn't you show up? You said, I thought we were friends. I'm not paraphrase. Yet you didn't show up, and now he's dead. Mary comes out. Why didn't you show up? We asked for you to come, Jesus. I thought we were friends, and yet you didn't show up. Now our, my brother is dead. Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he had been there for four days. And so, he, he, he was dead, he was in the tomb, they did not have the embalming that we do today, so the body immediately started to decompose, he recognized the fact that he was going to smell. And the King James, it was, he stinketh. <laughs> Further proof that this was not a trick. Even the sisters looked at the fact that he was dead. Verse 40. Then Jesus says, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So he's going back to what he said before, when he said it's not going to end in death. He says, but it's for the glory of God. Verse 41. So he took away the stone. He looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they might believe that you sent me. Then, when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen, and the cloth was around his face. And it brings us to a, a point that I want to share with you. Everything is for the glory of God. Everything is for the glory of God. There's a lot I don't understand. Anything. I don't understand why certain things happen. I do not understand why the war in Ukraine is happening. I, I, I do not understand. I do not understand why the atrocities are happening like that. I don't understand. I don't understand why some uh, uh, there, there are some issues happening in the church with with uh, with with health things, and I don't understand it. But I do know that I can rest assured the fact that God has not lost control. God is in control. And yeah, even everything is for the glory of God. Because God is a lot smarter than I am. Go to verse 48. 45. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary saw what Jesus did. Saw that Lazarus was raised from the dead. And what did they do? They believed in him. Go be honest. If there's this guy here and he raises somebody from the dead that's been dead for four days, I might take a second look at him. I really would. And they believed in him, verse 46. But some of them went to the Pharisees 
and told them what Jesus had done. So some of them believed in Jesus. Some of them went to the Pharisees. Now why they went? Probably just excited. Hey, Pharisees, guess what? Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead. I don't know if there's any maliciousness involved or not, but they brought out that fact. Verse 53. So from that day on, they, the Pharisees, plotted to take his life, the life of Jesus. Instead of celebrating that the dead was alive, that Jesus had mastery over death, the Pharisees decided that I'm going to kill him. We're going to do all that we can to kill him. Now there's two groups of people that are here at this point. Those who followed Jesus for various reasons, we'll talk about that a little bit later, and those who wanted to kill Jesus because Jesus was taking away their power and their authority and was going against the traditions that they were used to. All right, now we just set the stage for Palm Sunday. What do you mean by that? Because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the popularity of him was even greater. And the Bible says, if you go to John chapter 12 now, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, which is two miles south of Jerusalem, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. There Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the, the house was filled with all the fragrance from the perfume. So now we have this, this meal that's now happening. Go to verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came to see Jesus, but not only Jesus, but also to see Lazarus. They wanted to see them both. And we have a tendency to do that in our, in our society. We want to see them both. We have a number of our kids right now that are in Washington, D.C. They went with Parkway Schools to Washington, D.C. There's a lot of history in Washington, D.C. And they're going to be standing on the, the places where Dr. Martin Luther King gave his speech or, or, uh, or um, Forrest Gump went out there. You know? You're going to see all these places. Or, or what was it? Spider-Man, oh, uh, uh, Captain America ran around the, the lake. But they're going to see all these things that where history was made. And so neat to see that. And here you're going to, here you have these people that saw history. They saw Jesus and they saw Lazarus. Verse 10 is a fascinating, fascinating statement. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. So here you have this man that was already dead, that is now alive, that they're wanting to kill. How can you kill somebody that's already been dead? How can you kill a dead man? And yet their hatred and their bitterness and their anger towards Jesus was so great that they were going to kill him and kill the evidence of Jesus' Messiahship. I don't think Lazarus really cared. In my 36 years of being a pastor, I, I have met people who died and have had uh, 
close to death or death experiences. I had one in my last year, and he was having a procedure done at the hospital, and his heart stopped, and, and he says, I remember they were pumping on me, and I remember that they were, the doctor screaming and hollering and everything else, and I remember all of that, and he says, when I got all done and I came back and everything else, he says, the, the nurse came up to me in the hospital and said, so, did you see it? Did you see it? Tell me what it's like. And she was referring to, did you see the light? And all this other but this is the comment he made. To Darwin, I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death anymore. So I, I think of Lazarus. So here's Lazarus. <clears throat> he wouldn't be afraid of death. He experienced it. He knows what it's like. I think a lot of us just don't like that idea because we don't understand it. We haven't been through it. Okay. So when heaven speaks, it's for the glory of God. And the key words, key statement is, it's about thee. It's about God. Everything's about God. Okay. However, humanity spoke. Because now Jesus is, this large crowd came, and then Jesus now starts to go into Jerusalem. Okay? And it says in verse 12, the next day a great crowd had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him. So palm branches. Okay? They went out to meet him. Now notice what else happened. They started saying some very important statements. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. <coughs> Verse 15. got a cough here a little bit. Verse 14, Jesus found the young donkey and sat on it as it was written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on the donkey colt. So the crowd is now following Jesus. Why are they following Jesus? Because they saw, heard, or knew of the resurrection of Lazarus. And they knew that Jesus had the power and the authority. He, they knew Jesus had the ability to do miracles that no one else could do. And they're going, yeah, here comes Jesus. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> and they were all excited because now they're going, we can get rid of the Romans. The Messiah is coming and he's going to restore Israel and we're going to be the powerful nation that we were called to be. Then the Romans are gone. And so they were all excited about that. And we know that because of what they said. The word Hosanna means save us. But it just doesn't mean save us. It means save us now. Save us now. Okay, then they said, blessed is the king of Israel. Blessed is he come in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. That is a quote from Psalm 118. That is known as the conqueror's psalm. So they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us now. And here comes Jesus, the conqueror. He's going to take over and he's going to get rid of these Romans. Now, if you go to Matthew 21, which don't do it, there's another statement that's made in Matthew 21 at the, at the coming of the Palm Sunday. It says, and the crowds went ahead of him and they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Why is that important? Because the crowd knew 
that the Messiah was going to come from the lineage of David. Many of them knew that Jesus was born of Mary, who was a descendant of David. And they also knew that Joseph, who they considered to be his earthly father, but he wasn't, we know that. But he came from the lineage of David too. So there was no if, ands, or buts. Here is Jesus from the lineage of David. So they're saying, son of David, the king, the conqueror is going to come. So we have two groups of people who followed Jesus for various reasons. One followed him because of the show. I mean, who wouldn't want to follow somebody and raise somebody from the dead? Or he was a good teacher. Or he was the deliverer. Deliver us from the Romans. Get rid of these Romans. We don't want them around here anymore. There was a second crowd, and they may have been some people who never heard of him before. They didn't know who Jesus was. We'll explain this in a few minutes. Or never considered him, or they were threatened by him. The Pharisees said to one another, see what is this getting us? Look, the whole world is going after him. We want to get rid of him. Now, when people listen, you're going to hear the voice of God. Now, I won't go further. You ever read the scriptures and you find something that you haven't read before? This is one of these sermons. Because I say, let's go to John chapter 21. I'm reading it. I never knew this. I never knew this. There's a third group here. John chapter 12, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with requests. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip, and in turn told Jesus. Just a little statement that's here. Just, so here's some Greeks, and they want to see Jesus. Why do they want to see him? We don't know. I'm sure they, being Greeks, they, wanted, they were inquisitive. They wanted to ask questions. They wanted to find out. But they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to ask some questions. They, they were truly interested in him. It wasn't like the Pharisees, even though they had the sign, but yet they still wanted to kill him. They wanted to learn more about Jesus. Kind of brings me to Jeremiah chapter 29, uh, verse 13. It says, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. King James says, you will seek him, if you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The New King James says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you're truly looking for God, and you don't have an agenda, if you're truly looking for the real Jesus, and you don't have an agenda, the Bible says you'll find him. You'll find him. And that's what the Greeks were doing. They were searching. It might be, they were searching, and, 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 and the, they found the truth. But when they found, when, when they made that comment, when Jesus when they went to see Jesus, Jesus made a comment. 
And I don't know if he said it in front of the Jews or not. I could not find, or the Greeks or not, could not find the answer to this. But he said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants must also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So we've been asking the question, why the cross? Well, Jesus answered right here. Go back. Very truly I tell you, unless one kernel of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it remains one single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And so Jesus, a couple things he was doing. He was destroying the narrative, destroying the idea that Jesus came to destroy the Romans, or to get rid of the Romans. He says, because I'm going to die. But he's also saying, I, might, I must die so the message will spread. Because if I remain one seed, then it's going to remain one seed. But when I die, I'm going to become many seeds. And what he's saying is the message will go out. So now the 12 disciples, after Jesus rose from dead, are going to go out. And the other disciples, at least 72 of them we know, are going to go out and they're going to start sharing the message of Jesus. But if Jesus remained here, then the message was going to be centralized. Instead, it's going to go out. So why the cross? Because the message of salvation is for the entire world. And the Greeks came, and Jesus gave the message to the Greeks, not just the Jewish people. So when heaven speaks, a promise is given that we will find him if we seek him. And it is focused on the ultimate plan of God, which is I get, God gets the glory, and not I get, you get the glory. Now... Here's another part I've never seen. Well, I've seen, but I never kicked in my brain. Verse 28. Then a voice from heaven said, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it sounded like thunder. Others said it was an angel that had spoken to him. And so now we have God the Father that is putting his seal of approval upon what Jesus is doing. And this message was there for everyone to hear that was, that was there. Verse 30. And Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit and not mine. Let's go back to what I originally said. Remember? Okay. Lazarus died for the glory of God. Lazarus rode the rose from the dead for the glory of God. Jesus went into Jerusalem for the glory of God. Jesus died on the cross for the glory of God. All this was done for the glory of God. And the glory of God is everything gets focused on Him and gets focused on God. In other words, it's not about me, it's about Thee. And when we as a church and we as Christians can get that in our brains, that Christianity and our life of Christ is about thee, not me. And I think that's one issue that the Western Christianity has got to get in our brain. Because we always say, come to Christ and he's going to give all this stuff to you. Really? 
say that to the Ukrainian Christians right now that are being massacred. My life is about faith. It's not about me. So everything that I do is for the glory of God. So when I line up my life, line up my will, everything to, the, to what God has in store, He's the one that gets the glory, not me. Not me. So when heaven speaks, God gets the glory. Because it's about thee and not about me. So there are three groups here. The first group is they follow Jesus for various reasons. So I ask you this question, why do you follow Jesus? Is it because he's a good storyteller? Is it because he has some goodies for you? Is he a good teacher? Because you want to see the miracles? Why, why, why do you follow him? Is it because he's truly God and you're going to give him glory because he's God? There's a second group, and that's people who hate Jesus for various reasons. I mean, when you, when you think about how much hatred there is for the church in America today, it's just because we stand up for righteousness. We stand up, this is what the Bible says, and people don't like it. Because when you stand up for righteousness, you expose their sin. And so they're very angry and everything else towards the church. Just get on Facebook sometime and read some of the statements that are made by some guy that's in his mommy's basement and has nothing else in life to do. The anger and the bitterness towards the church is so evident. And then there's a third group, those who truly see the true Jesus. And I hope that's where you are at. Where I really want to know who Jesus is so that I can follow him the way he wants. I, I, I want to see Jesus. I want to meet Jesus. I want him. I want him and I want him. And I want the true Jesus. I, I, I don't want Hollywood Jesus. Some of us older people, you know what I'm talking about, Hollywood Jesus. When they made the film about Jesus in the 1970s, he was some flower child that floated on air all the time. I want the true Jesus. I, I heard about the, the, the I am, I'm not watching The Chosen, but I, or bits and pieces, but I have not watched the whole thing. But I'm hearing that that's an excellent movie because they make Jesus a real human being. Yeah. So who is this Jesus? Is he God? Is he is he human? Is he, the, is he the Messiah? Who is this Jesus? And then once we know who he is, are, are we going to follow him? Because if he's truly God, then, then my life is about him, not about me. So which one of these groups are you? And which one do you strive after? Now hopefully it's the third one. I want to see Jesus. Jesus, I want to see you. Do all you can to, to, to meet this real, real Jesus. Let's pray. <coughs> Father, we again thank you for this day, chance to worship you, for you are worthy to be praised, honored, and glorified. And may all that we do, all that we say, give you praise and honor. Help us to find the true Jesus. Help us to find not what Hollywood or society says Jesus is. But may we find the truth.
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The elders will be up here and will be praying for anyone who would like to have prayer for whatever. Maybe it's praying for a loved one or, or even for yourself. The elders will be here to pray for you and with you uh, this morning. If you'll stand with us, we'll close the